0: tuning into travel notes and to ohm radio 96.3 fm this is our first episode in the new year and it was a huge treat to interview today's guest as a guitarist and songwriter i have admired our guest's work for years she radiates warmth and joy and she's an incredibly talented and creative musician it's my great pleasure to welcome award-winning brazilian guitarist and songwriter baji asaj to travel notes Baji has collaborated with Bobby McFerrin, Yo-Yo Ma, Sarah McLaughlin, Sue George, to name a few, and has performed at world-renowned festivals and venues such as the Kennedy Center, Montreal Jazz Festival, North Sea Jazz Festival, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and beyond. She has an incredible career and she's currently heading to perform in Georgetown, Texas on February 14th. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation where we talk about her creative process, what inspires her, her book Around the World and 80 Artists, her journey as a musician, obstacles that she's had to face in her career, and her upcoming projects and more. Well, I would love to dive in and just hear a little bit about your background. How did you get started, you know, playing the guitar and then eventually writing your own music?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, I I say that. I didn't discover the guitar. The, dis- the guitar discovered me <laughs> in the sense of I was born in the family that exists, Sergio and Odaira Saad. Right. So I'm much younger than they are, um, 10 and 14 years difference. Okay. So when I was born, they already played the guitar and they already played all day long. So all my existence these two guys were in the living room playing guitar. So it was kind of impossible one day that uh, this guitar would not jump into my my lap.
0: <laughs> totally. Absolutely. That makes sense. And for people for listeners who are unfamiliar with like the classical guitar world, your brothers, the Assad duo. Yes. Um They are very prominent and have had long careers in the classical guitar world. Um, Well,
1: for who who doesn't know them, I I have a metaphor that I say that uh, my brothers have done for Brazilian guitar, uh, classical guitar music, what Pelé has done for Brazilian soccer game. (laughs) Because wherever you go in the world, Wow, they are very well known in the guitar society, ambient. Um, That's amazing. And and they're my brothers. (laughs) So cute.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) So you so you were growing up, the guitar was part of your family and it eventually found you and. I well, because I am familiar with your work, I know you played you play classical for a while. Yeah. And would you um, tell me a little bit about how your like musical journey evolved with the guitar? Yeah,
1: well, it was natural that in the beginning, I just wanted to be like my brothers. And uh, but one day I started to realize that the classical world was not mine because I I discovered I, I enjoyed to sing. I had a wish to be a, a ballerina. I wanted to explore theater. So my, my artistic endeavors and passions were, uh, how you say, can you say, broader? Broader. Um, broader. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that, I start naturally, wasn't like a decision that I say, okay, this is, I'm not this, and I'm going to be this now. Yeah. Was something that evolved. Mm-hmm. So I, I recorded an album in my first LP. My first album was an LP, I Am That Old, <laughs> was in '89. And uh-huh. uh, my brother Serge was the producer, and he uh-huh. invited a lots of great musicians that lived in Sao Paulo by the time. And uh, I already chose. That was the beginning of the transition because I, I, I didn't I didn't pick only classical music. Mm-hmm. I selected classical composers that were doing a more a, a non-traditional classical music. So I selected Leo Brower, Holandians, oh, uh, and and Sergio. So I was already making the transition. Uh, After that uh, album was released, I was starting my solo career as a guitar player, and I wasn't really singing, I was shy, but um, I had a very crazy question in my mind, like, how am I going to do this album if I am solo? And I had no intention, I, not even intention, I had no idea that I could put a band together. <laughs> yeah. So I start, okay, I, I think I can do the sound of the flute with my voice. Oh, I think I can do the wind sound that the synthesizer is doing with my voice. I think I can reproduce the sound of this percussion with my voice. And when I noticed I was kind of substituting a lot of the sounds with my voice. And that was the beginning, how my voice entered uh, doing this um, more avant-garde sounds (laughs) into the guitar world, right? (laughs) So parallel to that, I started to be fascinated with what voices could do because I, I was, seeing that with my own, the research with myself you know, yeah. inside my, my house. So I start to discover like Bob McFerry, Meredith Monk, um, and ethnic music mm-hmm. because like how the Pygmy sing, how the Tuva people sing, how the Alaskan women sing. And I became crazy with all these possibilities. <laughs> uh, so that is how little by little the the passion for word music came. Mm-hmm. And as my ambitions was always like I hear any music music in the world, being in any kind of genre, my intuition would say, I wanna do this because I know I can bring this to my own world. So I started like in, uh, bringing to my universe, I recorded Bjork, oh, but yeah. with a, a classical guitar kind of arrangement uh-huh. and singing on top of that. And, and then I, I recorded one by you 2 uh, rhythmics. So cool. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and I still do it and it became my one of my passions to hear a song and say hey i can bring it to my own universe and when i do that when i am singing those songs i'm almost sure that those songs are mine
0: yeah you, <laughs> for like those four minutes <laughs> yeah so in that in the like you feel like you've internalized them
1: in your own way yeah exactly yeah. yeah. those words became mine and uh, and the way that um i do the arrangements it really transforms the song so mm-hmm. there is a lot of myself like a, a partnership there
0: absolutely absolutely um so what inspires you we were you were talking a little bit about the you know world the traditions of the world, musical traditions of the world, but um, what else inspires you as a song as a songwriter?
1: And can... well, there are different ways to that that happens. One is when I'm watching something and it you just feel the connection. Mm-hmm. There is no explanation when that comes where that can come from, can come from a movie, can come from nature, a conversation that I got inspired with by the subject and then I want to write, and then yeah. comes a poetry out of that, and later I'm going to make that into a song. Or it can come under a, a can you say, by demand, by, by, yeah, oh, like- by demand? By the men Yeah. Oh, by demand. Yeah. Sorry, uh, my English.
0: Yes. Oh, no, no, no. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, so, if someone asked you to write a song, you could write it.
1: Yeah. So, and then you have to... It's different internal ways that uh, uh, you have to connect, but in the end, in the bottom of it, is the same source. So, it's... Uh, It comes from intuition because even if it's on demand and you kind of know that you have to write about this object or etc when i am writing it's like the words are not totally in my command they kind of write by by itself they Mm -hmm. come out in a piece of paper or in a screen of a computer Mm -hmm. that is always the first impulse. And then I intellectualize, hard word, Uh intellectualize it Uh (laughs) and make it better. Like I can't substitute this word because that is not so beautiful. Uh, I I have to change this because I need a rhyme here. Mm -hmm. I need to make this phrase shorter because of the music I'm singing on top of this. So it all is connected with some kind of intuition, you know.
0: Yeah, I could. I've heard that from other songwriters as well. That it's like you're kind of and experienced it in my own songwriting. But you're kind of like a medium. Like the song kind of flows through you, and then and then enters. It makes sense that you would then go back and then start crafting it once yeah. it's kind of out.
1: Um, well, because when it comes from the unconscious mind. It, it, um, it has a life itself. Like our memories that we keep there, we are not aware with our conscience, all the memories that are there. So when we write, somehow the, the connection with the, the unconscious uh, level, it's like works by itself. And uh-huh. then comes the left side of the brain and let's organize this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right? sure it takes two to tango <laughs> Wow, well, it's why we have two sides of the brain. <laughs>
0: right right <laughs> oh. well that's so yeah that's so interesting um as far as like i'm, I'm asking because i i just am such a fan of brazilian music but then also brazilian guitar music uh who are some Brazilian artists that you're inspired by or influenced by?
1: From which decade?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's so many, they're that good.
1: <laughs> well, um, in a whole my generation, it's impossible to not be uh, touched by the music. Uh, of Egberto Gismonti in the instrumental, mm-hmm. instrumental level, Egberto Gismonti, uh, Emeto Pascoal, Navas Vasconcelos. But then has the Brazilian popular music, what we call MPB. Uh-huh. So, so like cool. Milton Nascimento, Chico Buarque, Tuno Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Tom Zé, uh, Itamar Assunção these demand a lot of men in in the decade that was raised yeah yeah composers Uh, the women were not so much composing back then or we were not um was hard to be in touch with what the women was composing back then the women were composing back then but uh we can also be touched by like everybody was under influences of uh, elise regina which was this legacy the way she perceived music it's like when she sang those songs she was not a composer wow it was hers Mm -hmm. unbelievable Mm -hmm. people died not knowing that she was not the one that wrote those songs
0: (laughs) yeah it's true she has such a beautiful way of interpreting and when she's sang it she sang it like it was just it, that's what it was that's how it was
1: you know yeah. um so in that sense i i drank a lot in that font in that uh-huh. uh in the font how does the it? F- uh, fountain 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 that fountain
0: in in yeah. Br- in um portuguese it's font yeah uh-huh. Eu falo só um pouquinho português. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> a couple words here and there, via <laughs> allow, you know. Um, but, yes. And why do you think it was so hard for women to, to kind of, for people to look back in history and know what women musicians were doing at the time?
1: Wow, it has been, now, the, the last uh, few years, it has been a big a big thing to talk about it, and has uh, some research on... I know this lady, Carolina, she's doing um, research on composers, women composers, from the beginning of last century. And uh, until the decade, the 50s, the 60s, even the 70s, They were uh, putting songs out there with uh, fake names, with male names mainly, so the songs could be uh, played. Yeah, and only few made it through. But we have, we are from a very macho culture, Mm -hmm. and. even nowadays, women fight for their rights of equality, of uh, if you have two same position job, the women has less um, money than the men, uh, is paid less than the men. Yeah. But nowadays, a, every. I've been part of many seminars talking about women in music, and the women's power and how we have to be united to to make our voice uh known and heard
0: absolutely yeah i I think of an i mean american even in like the jazz you know world looking back most of the big players are are men you know and yeah um yeah, I remember just growing up playing classical guitar. It was always like weird. My I had a professor or a teacher who was a woman. Um, but that was rare. I mean, she was going to competitions and stuff, it was always men and male dominated. And um it's exciting that it's now changing. Yeah, but like you about said. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what are some challenges that you faced, you know, in your career? In general? Yeah, could be anything.
1: Yeah. Well, um, the biggest, well, a lot of challenges. <sighs> because the music I ended up doing was very uh, experimental at the beginning in the classical guitar world and I started performing for my mainly for my for, cla- for classical guitar societies etc mm-hmm. so i had to really do well and trust w- in what i was proposing in order to go there on the stage and and do what i was doing sure but i was always so much confident And I was always like knowing that I could not please everybody. Mm -hmm. So I was content, like, I remember the first time I played at the GFA, I was (laughs) in my middle 20s, late 20s, was in Miami. And there was like, it was packed theater, like, no, no, 400 seats. And I remember that at the end of the third song, like 10 men, Stood up and left. Laughed? Yes. And then <gasps> I was shit. I remember, I remember the feeling, and right there on stage, I was young, but I had the feeling, I said, but are you going to play for those 10 that left or for the 380 that stayed? Right. So right there I I knew, you know? Mm because it's to work around criticism and uh, bad reviews and all kinds of things. It takes a maturity for you to know that you cannot please everybody and that's okay. We are, uh, we can be flawless. uh, We can have our flaws and and anyway, we are not robots. That's right. (laughs) We are human beings that has better days than others. So, so there is this psychology, psychological side of some, some steps, some rocks on the, on the path. Mm -hmm. But I had some injuries during my life, physical, Mm -hmm. and those were the big, the big steps to overcome. Um, and the biggest one was when I developed uh, focal dystonia in 98 mm. and which took me, doctors told me I was probably not ever going to play the guitar again. Really? Back then it was very under, nobody really knew what focal dystonia was, it was 98. So nowadays doesn't have much. Uh, study on it. Back then was like one here, one there. (laughs) So but I found my way through it. And actually, I am working on um, an artistic performance, where I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because I never I never really uh, hide a hit. Uh And from the public, I was always, I always expressed that I had it because a lot of people that have dystonia, they hide because they can lose their jobs. They can not be called, they are afraid of so many layers of reasons. Um, But I was always open about it. But I really never spoke about it. Like, let's sit down and I'm going to tell you. I told yeah. in interviews it, et etc. So uh, I'm interested now with uh, how I can take this. I presented now at the Lincoln Center in New York uh, a work in progress called FOCO What? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to take now back to Brazil and I'm going to full develop there because it's going to be easier for me to develop in, in Portuguese instead of in English. Uh-huh. And I'm more uh, interested now that I started the work uh, to take this, not just about my own experience, but bringing it to more like under of a more collective, um, collective sort of archetype that can talk about the, that it's an unconscious mind of the whole everybody because uh-huh. everybody has a moment that you can fall and everybody has the power to to rise so mm-hmm. i want to take more of this uh angle than just to talk about my dystonia uh, and being a person that overcame it it's i have the experience of what i've done and what spiritual journey I took to overcome it, but yeah, the was not the only thing I had. I Less had, I, yeah, I had more stuff. We yeah. are musicians; we use our bodies in ways that was not uh, supposed to be so overused. Yeah. So dancers will have problems. All the workers that uh, overdo a part of the body. Extensively and uh, not resting, not stretching, and uh, overcome uh, overdoing it, it will face some physical troubles. So we have to learn how to to go around and uh, as much as we can to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. For example, now I'm talking to you and I'm facing some problems with my voice. Really, because to rehearse for the The work in progress for lincoln center i spoke a lot rehearsing Mm. and i'm not used to to practice speaking voice Mm. i can talk all day long which i do but it's different thing so i stress the voice so now i am doing phonotherapy to recuperate the voice so it's an ongoing wow (laughs) ongoing thing right and
0: like you said i mean it it is such a physical like we're essentially in away athletes musicians mm-hmm. and we are using parts of the body that are in extreme ways that they weren't designed to be used you know especially well, if you're professional
1: if you, it's, it's, it's interesting to think because we mentioned like soccer games in a level that the musicians you can put musicians are this level soccer games are well, they have much more money than we do but well, maybe the that's a
0: the, whole nother
1: guy. <laughs> but maybe the stars, the real gigantic stars, they can be there. Yeah. But um, they have to retire young, yes. because they destroy their bodies. Absolutely. Dancers, dancers destroy their bodies. I know. I I am very close to many dancers, mm-hmm. uh, friends. Many of them have problems, rep- uh, hips replacement, knees replacement, because mm-hmm. they overdid. So we musicians, we do all of that with hands yeah, so, and so, arms. So, yeah. so hands and arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our poor hands.
0: I was thinking about that. This morning I've been practicing gratitude as like my, this. Oh, this yeah. and I was literally meditating this morning, and the thing that came to me was my hands. Like I had never been so, thought about thanking them yes thanking them thank you (laughs) it's It's amazing
1: yeah Uh, yeah the gratitude oh lord we take it for granted absolutely
0: it's so easy to take take even that even the, the essence of gratitude for granted and uh it's been you know, a couple weeks now of practicing it, but I feel like it's just scratching the surface. Like there's so oh, yeah. much depth yeah. to it. So, um, do you have like a, but do you like to meditate or do you have a mindfulness practice you like?
1: I, I do. Uh huh. And, um, well, not only one thing I have, um, my mind is very, uh, Octopusy.
0: <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> octopi, octopi are beautiful. The way they move through the ocean.
1: <laughs> so my head is like that. I, <laughs> I have so I, I do so much much stuff simultaneously. It's how my brain works, and I I enjoy being this way. So yeah. I don't try to correct it because I don't think it's wrong. But anyway, uh, so I I do all kinds of meditation. I shift. Depends my morning. Now I am in a phase that I'm, because I was facing trouble to sleep. Mm -hmm. Then I start doing this. And oh, Lord, it's so amazing. First thing I do when I wake up and I open my eyes, I stare at the window. Open window. I stare at the sky, and then I do my prayers, looking at the sunlight, or the, I'm waking up early here in Chicago to take my daughter to school, so there is not even, we wake up like six, something, but the light, to look at the sky, and that is helping me to sleep at night Mm -hmm. as well, because when you see the natural light and not your, cell phone (laughs) when you see the natural light it already tells your glands that in 12 hours they have to produce melatonin 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 Uh Melatonin, yeah melatonin so it's time to sleep again Mm -hmm. so i'm doing this and i'm really sleeping better i said oh lord it's awesome
0: that's amazing.
1: So, I because of that, I mean, I'm meditating with my eyes opened. Yeah, that's <laughs> so something. I'm more like a prayer and a gratitude. Uh-huh. I face mm-hmm. the nature. Mm-hmm. Not nature. Uh, nature he is a couple of naked trees, <laughs> so but amazing. then has so much to reflect and to learn about two naked trees. And the...
0: <laughs> I hear a song <laughs> coming. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Yeah, yeah, they are like about uh, resilience, patience, understanding, respect, pause, beauty. Mm-hmm. And they are underneath, they are collecting all they need to survive. And that underneath is inside of all of us. So mm-hmm. it's so much beautif- beauty everywhere if we have the the eyes for that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the perspective and um, I love to like, where I live, there's a little bit of seasons, but like the seasons of the trees really show the season, you know, like where they Mm -hmm. lose their leaves and the colors change, Um, but that's so true. So, so you're not only, a singer songwriter and musician, but you also have written a book. Yeah. One that I know. Tell me a little bit about your book, Around the World in 80 Artists.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm uh, I'm uh, in the final phase of translating it to English.
0: Thank God, I want to yeah. read it. <laughs> I was like, I, I looked for it and I couldn't find it in no. English. So, yeah.
1: yeah. It took a long time to come to this point. But anyway, I was invited. Uh, I had a friend. I have a friend. But in years later, eight years ago, she started to run um, a blog for a magazine. So she she wrote me, "Baji, do you want to write for my prayer blog about music? I said, write. Oh, Lord. I uh, I write my stuff. I don't know if I can really write about something. And she said, "No, you can. I trust you." I said, "Jesus, thank you." Okay, I like I, I like challenges. So I, I'll go and 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 do it about musicians. What about that? Yes, write about whoever you want. And so, but then she comes and she tells me, but. It is once a week. I say Jesus, really? Okay, wow. let's do it. So I start writing about musicians that uh, played some impact on me, which I could write, not uh, having to know so much about their history, but what I felt, how they impacted me, and how I I could bring this to my own. Uh, my own journey but i wrote for them during one year so it was a lot of musicians Mm. and i i kind of enjoyed and i developed a way of really writing positive like it's more a rendition about this amazing artist all over the world so and Then following year, she invited me to write for the press magazine. And it was interesting because then I was not choosing the artists anymore. They were telling me, they are usually the artists that were coming to Brazil from America, from United States. So I started to to write about artists that was not inspirational for me. But somehow I start finding a way to to reach their soul and to find this connection somehow, so I wrote about Ozzy Osbourne, Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> cool, the rockers. The rockers, they, they, one of the rockers. So it was interesting. It was very interesting. So two years later, I said, Jesus, I have enough to write a book. <laughs> But then I said, but I don't want to just print the the texts that I already uh, showed them to the magazine. People already had uh, access to them. S- in, interesting enough, in that same period, my daughter, um, the, her school asked her to read uh, Julie, Julie, Verne. Mm, Julie sounds... Verne. Julie Verne? Julie Verne? Uh, sure. The around the world in eighty days. Yes. Yeah. I yes, I've heard
0: of it, but I've, I'm yeah. not familiar with the author. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I I, I went to sleep one of those nights, and himself, Julio Verne himself comes to my dressing room with the flowers. So when I woke up, I said, "Geez." A, around uh, eight, um, around the world, in 80 artists. Ah, so that's how it keeps you. Yeah, so I started, then I started to really, okay, I haven't in my one year and two years writing for the magazine, I never wrote about Japan. So who in Japan created this impact on me? Then I remember when I went to see the taco, the taiko drum Mm -hmm. the kodo group oh you saw them oh so so cool what i felt when i saw those guys going on stage and playing was so magical so how did and then i started writing and mixing my own journey with theirs so has a lot of of uh, myself into the book
0: so it's fun. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to read it. I really thank you for translating it into English, because that's Yay! gonna be a treat. So well, on the topic of world music and traveling, and you know, what in what ways do you think music bridges cultures? And um were are there any musical traditions that you've, you know, heard that you were surprised to have discovered that these two Connect uh, musical traditions are connected in some way. That
1: makes sense. Well, if we go back to what we talked about before, that the essence is in the unconscious. Mm-hmm. So when <laughs> you reach there, everything is connected. True. Yeah. Right. right. So I like with examples, I i wouldn't be able to say right now but sure. for example i'm from brazil and we have so in you in as an american you, you have so many cultures coming to this country mm-hmm. but in brazil I, i'm more familiar with brazil so many cultures come came there so the brazilian music is this melting pot of all of this and brazilians developed a a personality per se that uh, we really mix stuff it's part of our culture to mix yeah and not really being conscious of what we are doing (laughs) totally so brazilian music is gigantic melting pot so where did that came from so we have music from Arabia, uh, world, um, for, of course, African mm-hmm. America, uh, Europe mm-hmm. and so on.
0: But, um, totally. And like the indigenous, who is it? It was it, is Villalobos who didn't, he, he studied like indigenous. Oh yeah. he was like in the Amazon. Yeah. It's, I do, what you said is so true that I love and that's one of the things I love about Brazilian music is how you guys do. You just put things together and it's just it's almost like it permeates like the it reflects the um diversity of the people that live there. So yeah. yeah. It's it's a
1: Brazilians have something special in that way. Mm-hmm. Because even like a personality as human beings, when you ask a totally Asian look person, mm-hmm. we call them this. Say, in fact, what are you? Where are you from? I'm from Brazil. Yeah, we don't say I'm from Japan or whatever, because we have the biggest uh, Japanese community outside of Japan is in Sao Paulo. But they are Brazilians. Who is who is born in Brazil? Right, is Brazilian. It's not like so much in America when you find a person. Like the father of my daughter, when you ask, he's going to say he's Greek. Greek America. Uh-huh. He was born here. So if he was born in Brazil, probably he would say I'm Brazilian.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I totally, totally could see that. Um, so that's so, so you have family here in America, your daughter, you said?
1: Well... I have in America my daughter, my brother Sergio, oh. his daughter Clarice, and his son Rodrigo, and everybody is in Chicago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, that makes it easy when you visit, you get to see everyone in one place.
1: <laughs> uh, so, you know Oh, yeah? The only difference is that uh, I am with my daughter here in Evanston, which is half an hour from Chicago. It's part okay. of the big Chicago.
0: Cool. So what advice do you have for aspiring musicians, songwriters, artists? You
1: know. Well, so to not be so hard on themselves in the sense of if we don't allow our stupidity to come out in the way when we are creating anything, we can cut a lot of our, um, how I say this? If you start judging yourself too much, you can cut the process of discovering something new that maybe is in the end of this journey.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't allow to be child again in the sense of what is it being curious what is it doesn't matter if this is is i'm too mature for this no play with play with this you
0: know
1: have fun with this and in the end you may use or not but um but to not let that children is that child inside of you be rusty don't lose Mm -hmm. the connection with the the child because it is the child that is going to keep you curious with life and uh, it's that curiosity that is going to make you do connections that if you are rigid you would never probably do it so like I learned to play shaker as a percussion but I play guitar and if I combine those two is that hard to do? Yes, but I want to do it because I think I can, and I can, <laughs> and I practice. So, and not to just wait for the things to happen. Be like the, 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 the baby. The baby is not tired of learning how to walk. So It's true. going to fall down many times. So, so true. So we have to keep... So that would say, don't let that, don't hide that child inside of you.
0: <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, I know we have a, a couple more minutes, but um, what current projects are you working on? Do you have anything?
1: So, writing the, the translating the book into English, working on the focal what? that is going to be a mixing about music and storytelling, and dance. Exactly. I'm still uh, working on it. i am um, doing a tour in Brazil now uh, based on my last release, which is an album called Ilha, which means island in yes. English. Beautiful. This, the, the show is beautiful. Wow. And um, one more. I have um, an ongoing now project of mine that is, it's like a a retreat, a musical retreat Uh that I call Body Art, where I bring all the things that inspired me, that I, I experimented. So we have a session to work with our bodies, with our... With our instrument, with our voice, with body percussion, with dance, with theater, uh, because I believe the arts are all integrated. And when we go on stage, how more we we engage all these arts, mm-hmm. more whole our presence is going to be on the mm-hmm. stage. Um, what more? For the first time, I direct somebody else's show performance in Brazil Mm -hmm. I am about to I'm the producer of an album based on Chicago that's going to be released soon too and it's a project related to global peace building but it's another conversation
0: (laughs) beautiful that's so cool yeah yeah keep an eye out for that
1: and releasing a new video clip soon
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Always, you know, new content for the social media, you know. Yeah,
1: we, yeah. it's an ongoing, but I, I, I love to be busy in the sense of, gosh, I, I like to do so much stuff mm-hmm. that I don't, if I start getting tired of this subject, I change. Now I'm doing a course on aroma, aromatherapy. Ooh. And la- last year I took my degree on life coach. <laughs> you did i love that so cool i'm um, going to start offering mentory. Wow. at some point oh my gosh well
0: you'd make a great one i feel inspired by our conversation tonight so i see that being very successful awesome <laughs> yeah well, so right before we head out, tell me a little bit, I know you have a performance coming up on February 14th. Oh
1: yeah, you're forgetting about it.
0: <laughs> I know, and I really wanna make sure we we talk a little, just a little bit about, um, or however much you want um, about that performance. You know, where will it be? Um, what time? Where can people learn more about it?
1: Yes, um, the venue name is Alma Thomas Theater. It is inside the university. Uh, What's the name of the university? I confess to you that right now, I don't know. But uh, I should have done my homework here. Southwestern University, there Uh it is. Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. The concert is going to be on February 14th. And in the same day, around noon, I'm going to give a clinic. Mm -hmm. talking about uh, various ways to approach guitar in music and uh, the concert has a little bit of um, as it is from a guitar society there Uh i am going to uh, let me go back so i can see you here (laughs) i'm going to yeah then i select parts of my repertoire i'm always singing i since I had the dystonia, I stopped it with uh, instrumental music, per se, mm. because my head went someplace else. Sure. And, okay, it's the same as those 10 people living this the, the, the theater. To be the guitar, like, virtuoso I was before, I would be, like, in hell in, in, with yeah. myself. Sure. So, I, I use my skills, uh, but my voice is always along with this. Then, because then I discovered the pleasure of singing. Oh Lord, mm. it's so depth, 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 I profundo.
0: Yes. I know what you mean. It's deep, <laughs> deep, it's deep. Yeah. But depth is, is another way to say it. <laughs> uh,
1: so. But I always choose the songs that has a more intricate guitar and has a little solo here, a bigger introduction. So I choose them for like that. So I'm going to perform. Um, ma- when I do that, I mainly perform songs that Sergio, my brother, did the guitar arrangement. Oh, okay. Because if I decided not to sing, the guitar is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it stands by itself
0: that's awesome um, yeah. yeah it's it's rare to find um music where both shine you know and i think it's special when that happens mm. um so well wonderful well um and where
1: can people find you on social media um, well,
0: your website
1: everywhere is is my name okay uh-huh. b-a-d-i-a-s-s-a-d So Instagram, Facebook, my website. um. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is a personal, this is a question because you have such beautiful hair. And I'm just curious, (laughs) what's your secret?
1: (laughs) My hair?
0: Yeah, so curly
1: and beautiful. Well, there is no secret. The secret is a combination between my father and my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Touché, touché.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, Baji, it's been such a pleasure talking with you and just hearing all about your your music and just spending time with you. Thank you again. Yeah, for the
1: same, sweetie. Thank you <laughs> very much, Grace.
0: I couldn't let you go without hearing some of Baji's incredible music first. Here is one of my personal favorites, Pulo Dugato, off of her 1995 album, Rhythms. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Thank you again for listening and supporting Travel Notes Podcast and Ohm Radio. If you enjoyed today's conversation and would like to learn more, you can find us on Instagram at Travel Notes Podcast and on all streaming platforms. Of course, we broadcast every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Radio. And if you would like to hear and watch Baji and Mai's complete, unedited interview, you can find it on my Patreon under Grace McNally. A huge thank you to Ohm Radio for broadcasting the show for two years now. I hope you enjoyed hearing more about Baji and her music. And if you are in Georgetown, Texas on February 14th, treat yourself and a loved one to an amazing night of live music. Thanks again for listening and don't get too comfy because our next trip is just around the corner.